Hello and welcome to another edition of The Thriller Zone. Guess who I am? Your host, David Temple. Good to have you here. You know, every once in a while, I, I love booking the best thriller writers in the world. I really do. I, my job, I've got the best job in the world. But every once in a while, you run across somebody, you say, you know, this guy, he might be one of the next fill in the blanks. He's got talent, he's got drive, he's got ambition. And so you say, let's give this guy a chance. Let's get him on the show, have some fun. And uh, so today's guest is a, on this bonus episode, I might add, Matt Scott. The book is Surviving the Lion's Den. It's a political thriller that I think you'll enjoy. So how about you and I get into the thriller zone? I got to tell you, you get an award for best marketing and uh, product placement. I mean, look oh, at yeah. your shirt. Look at you. Hey, you know, I got to, uh, you know, I got to thank my wife for that one. Let me see if I can find. Okay. The reason I'm, I'm taking the time to do this because I'm, I'm impressed by this. Okay. So, so we got the book surviving yep. the lion's den, by the way, we're with Matt Scott, in case you're wondering, we're going to get to that in a second. We got stickers. We got a business card. Oh, wait, there's more. And you got, you know, you got a nice little handwritten note. And last but not least a leather perforated with dangly bookmark. Come on, who does this? You do. Hey, you know, I gotta, you only get to do this once, right? You gotta do it right the first time. Well, welcome to the Thriller Zone. Thank you for having me. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I have to shoot out of the, okay, once again, surviving the lion's den. See the lion, see the city? Okay, we're gonna be talking about the survival in that a second. Tell me this, cause I'm, I'm always curious is if you're a fan of the show, I am absolutely. <laughs> that was so blatant. Uh, if, you're, if, <laughs> if you're a fan of the show, then you like to. Uh, then you know I like to find out uh, kind of the backstory of folks. And yeah. and I'm trying to figure out a bachelor's degree in poli sci and history plus a yeah. career in logistics. How did that help you become an author, or is this something a secret passion you've had for years? Go. Okay, so it's it's a little bit of both. So the poli sci history thing kind of came naturally. Uh, when I graduated from college, you know, you, you start thinking about, okay, well, what can you do with a with a history degree with a poli sci degree? And uh, I was lucky enough to to find a job, you know, right before the economy crashed on nine eleven. I literally got hired uh, two weeks before nine eleven. So I was just looking for a job, and logistics is kind of where. I landed because I have very good organizational and, you know, uh, analytical skills. So it just kind of one of those things that just, I just kind of stayed with, but I've always been interested in politics, you know, um, in reading, you know, thrillers and just kind of learning more about what, what's going on in, in, in the world. It's just, I'm, I'm curious like that. Now, as my career in logistics progressed, one of the things I started doing is uh, writing SOPs, you know, standard operating procedures. And as boring as that sounds, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to think of things as a end-to-end -end process. So when you start to apply, uh, you know, a storyline and, you know, I've always been, I've always been a good storyteller. I don't, you know, I guess time will tell whether or not I'm a good writer, but I've always been a good storyteller. So when you start to put the plot together and characters and how characters feel in certain situations, you have to think about Okay, how would this character react in this situation and how is character B going to react to that? So it really helped me see uh, the end to end piece of it. Now, the path to the book itself, I had always kind of had a, you know, we talked about a passion in writing, but, you know, you always have that little self-doubt thing going on. 
Sure. And I always wanted to do a story about Iran. Iran just has interested me just because they're the bad boy of the Middle East. And nobody really wants to touch them. And you have to be careful with them. But in 2018, I drove up to Williamsburg, Virginia. And David Baldacci was doing a book signing for his new book uh, at the time, uh, Long Road to Mercy. And I got up there and I was 39 at the time. And I asked him, I was like, look, I'm getting ready to be 40. Is, you know, is that too young an age or too old an age to, to write your first book? And I kid you not, this dude stopped mid-signature, looks up at me like this and says, hell no. Uh, you know, the, he says the industry could use some good young writers. Now, I didn't know if I should be happier that this mythic man of the industry is telling me to go forth with my destiny, or I should be happier that he, he was telling me that 40 was considered young. But, you know, after that, it was, you know, I I had no excuses. I came home uh, and I think I started writing, you know, putting words to paper uh, no later than I think February of that year. I agree with Mr. Baldacci. Um, Yeah, hell no. There's plenty. Look, I'm I'm notorious for saying, uh, referring to this story time and again about going into Barnes and Noble and being completely inundated with fear and trepidation because, oh my God, look at all those books. But you know what? Good talent rises to the surface, Matt. Yeah. Period, end of discussion. If you've got something to stay, say and an interesting way to say it, you're going to get noticed. So there. By the way, <clears throat> I love this. In the back, uh, in your acknowledgments, just to skip ahead, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anybody thank so many people and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to my wife. Honey, th- this guy knows Gary Vaynerchuk and Stephen King and Dan Brown and Vince Flynn and Jack Carr and David Baldacci and Brad Thor. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. He's just thanking them all because uh, he is thanking them for their inspiration to him. Correct. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could say I had the, all those people on speed dial. I don't. In my world, no matter whether or not you, you know them or not, you know, thanks as always do because those people always pave the way for the people that come behind them. That's a great way to say it, Matt, and a great inspiration. And part of the reason I have you on the show because you're one of the uh, you're one of the underdogs I'm pulling for. Um, usually the show, yeah, usually the show is all about these big heavy hitters. But every once in yeah. a while, and I've done this a number of times, I like to pull up uh, an author who this is their very first book, and they're like, "Man, this is really what I want to do." And you have to have a platform to be heard, and I'm happy to offer this platform for you. I, and I and I sincerely appreciate it. I, uh, I I can't tell you I was uh, just short of dancing naked in the streets when you when you agreed to it. You know, I, I've I've looked at who you've interviewed, and uh, you know what I, I met Eric Bishop uh, back in December, and uh, you know he, he he spoke you know very highly of you, and uh, I just I was like you know I I got to give this a shot, and you know, sometimes, you know, it only, all you have to do is ask. And, you know, I was lucky to get to land, you know, your show and, you know, Fred Burton recently. The worst thing that happens to me is I go back to my career in logistics. So I live by this theory that all you can say is no big freaking hairy stinking deal. Because I, who did I just say this to recently? I said, this is how I see things. Well, I'm also an eternal optimist, and I believe in myself and my talent, so there you have it. But I said, if you look at life as a huge stack of either yeses or nos, you know that there's a yes in there somewhere. If, Mm -hmm. If you didn't believe that, just go back to bed and don't get out of bed. 
But exactly. all I got to do, if I keep working through the nose, okay, well, he said, no, not the end of the world. There's plenty other fish in the sea, plenty other agents fill in the blank. Yeah. I'm going to get to a uh, yes eventually. So that's the way I go. So good for you. Good on you. Yeah. And I got 96 rejections before I got my, before I got my agent. So, you know, there's just no reason not to. And yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I'm not exactly the eternal optimist that you are. I'm, it's one of those things that I am, I, I am working on. Uh, but uh, in this case, you know, I just kind of figured, you know, this is probably the only true God given talent that I feel like I've had. And I, uh, at the very least, I owe it to myself to try. Absolutely. All right. Let me ask you a quick question. How do you see this glass? Hopefully full of vodka. <laughs> okay. Son, it's, it's nine o'clock my time. If, if I'm drinking, if I'm drinking that much vodka and, and my friend, uh, Janusz Neumann isn't with me. Uh, hey, you know, I, well, I, I take it. I, you know, I'm a lemonade fan. If you're a vodka fan, you know, it sounds to me like we can have a party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well put. Excuse my ignorance, but what is logistics? Uh, freighters and containers, you know, the ocean liner cut of boxes. Uh, so, you know, in, in the world we're living with in now, you know, the congestion at the ports and, and everything trying to, you know, get uh, cargo inland to, you know, target to grocery stores, wherever. Uh, that's that's my deal. Uh, did I and I didn't I just read because of this China outbreak of COVID that they're shutting a lot of that down, which is going to put us in uh, a tough little spot, isn't it? Yeah, it is going to put us in a tough little spot. Um, the other, the ports are so congested in LA, right in, in, you know, just down the street in Charleston, stuff like that. So you have a lot of uh, vessels just sitting in the ports right now. So even if China shuts down, it'll, it may actually alleviate some of the congestion uh, that we're having right now and make things a little bit better. But you never, you, you always got to keep a close eye on when China shuts the ports because. You know, Shanghai, Yantian, those are those are the big ones. And that's where everybody, you know, that's where we get the majority of our imports from, whether it be North America, East Coast, West Coast or, you know, Western Europe. I have been schooled, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. We share something in common besides having wonderful wives, besides uh, chasing our dreams of writing. We also have Charlotte as a common connection. We do. I was not aware of that. Okay, watch this. How long have you lived there? Uh, I moved down here in 2006. Okay, so that shoots so 14, the next point. However, I moved there in 97. My family was there, and I left in 2015. Oh, okay. And I had a morning show. Do you like country music? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Tanner in the Morning is there at WSOC uh, now? Uh-huh. Yeah, my I, wife my wife's a big fan of that one. I was his predecessor. I did not know that, sir. Yeah, I did not know that. You I have to tell you, you <laughs> just made my wife's day because I'm gonna call her as soon as this is over and tell her that. Okay. Home hometown chit chat done. Let's get back to surviving <laughs> the lion's den. How about this? Now this is your debut novel, correct? I am correct. It is, that. yes, sir, okay. it is. So your key players, uh, Kirk Carruthers and his Iranian counterpart, Farhad Korsandi, make for an interesting team. So that I don't ruin it, 
I want you to tell me, tell my listeners the significance of those two gentlemen and kind of give me a little, give me a good little teaser of what this book is about. Okay, so let's start with part one. So uh, Kirk Carruthers, I needed a character who can, who I thought readers could really identify with because my plan here was to take through his eyes uh, take readers on a tour of Iran. So you really needed to be able to identify with this character. I kind of went with the the whole deal of, you know, his grandfather was involved in the CIA coup of 53 that deposed Mohammed Mossadegh. And I started thinking, I was like, well, what if, you know, there were some Iranians who were hunting down people who were involved in that plot? So Kirk goes over there for, for revenge. But you know, being an American in Iran, you're going to stick out, even if you're of <laughs> Vietnamese descent, uh, which Kirk is, um, you're going to stick out. So I, I kind of a- added Farad in to be a little bit of a guide. I'm never really sure what side Farad is on. Right. And to show people, you know, what the Iranian underground is like and how it is for those people to live under the Ayatollah regime as much as it is for the, you know, the hard, the real hardliner. I don't want to give away too much, you know, before we get to book two, but you will see Kirk in, in book two. Uh, and book two is more of a traditional thriller. Okay. Well, you just answered my very next question. Are you looking over my Oops. shoulder, by the way? No, no, no. I was going to say, <laughs> do you see this being a series uh, or a standalone? So you've now told me it is going to be serious. So are you telling me that uh, your primary character, Kirk, Double K here is going to be going on and le- will he lead the series or will he just weave in as a prime, one of the primary characters? Uh, my deal with uh, my publisher speaking volumes is, is for three books. Uh, so the second one, The Iranian Deception, comes out this coming June. Uh, the third one is called The Ayatollah Takedown, and uh, I actually just finished uh, the draft of that. I don't know what the date is going to be on that yet. Uh, in Surviving the Lion's Den, I introduced uh, a character called Ben Thrasher. Um, I decided to kind of stick with Ben Thrasher a little bit, A, because I like the name, and I just thought there was a lot more that I could do with him, whereas Kirk you know, we've kind of seen, you know, the writers who do, you know, okay, okay, now I'm going to, I've done this, now I'm going to join the CIA and I'm going to go on. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's kind of been done. So Matt, you know, as well as I do that, uh, just as a cover is important to getting attention by people, so is a website. And I was, I was doing a little homework and I noticed that you and I both share authorbytes.com as our website designers. Oh, very good. Sharing good company. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. And I thought that's really cool. And I wanted to ask, what pulled you to authorbytes.com? That's where the big boys go to play. (laughs) You know, when I I saw that, you know, guys like uh, Mark Greeny are there. And I think I think Don Bentley is there as well. And, uh, you know, if you uh, you're only going to get better by, uh, you know, having sharing company with the best. So if that's where the best go to play. That's where I wanted to be. And uh, I was not I was not disappointed in the least. I was thinking the very same thing. I was when I was out looking for a website and I've already I've always built my own. I saw Mark Graney's, I think, was very first and or Brad Taylor. Yeah. And when I saw that website, those two websites, I went, OK, I don't care who who these guys are, I've, I've got to find out who authorbytes.com is. And I went yeah. to them and the minute I chatted with Steve and I found out kind of their method to their madness, uh, I was sold right away. 
How about you? Yeah. What's one of the What's one of the favorite things that you found by dealing with AuthorBytes.com? Uh, how quick they are to respond. Yeah, um, yeah, they made it very easy. I mean, any anything that I wanted, uh, they they pretty much did. Well, take it from Matt Scott and myself and many others who have turned to AuthorBytes.com for their website experience. And if you use the code THETHRILLERZONE right now, you sign up today or this week, you'll get three months free hosting, all right? So you're going to get a year plan. You're going to get three months free. Boom, as I like to say. Yeah, AuthorBytes.com. You're listening to The Thriller Zone. And now back to the show. Ben Thrasher. I mean, first of all, I like monosyllabic uh, words like, uh, you know, Ben, Tom, Jack. Uh, it's a first name, always wins. And then Thrasher. Does Thrasher, is Thrasher any better than, you know, if unless you could call him Thriller. <laughs> ben Thriller, right? I mean, <laughs> just dead on. So good on you there. <laughs> I, I, I owe that one. You know, that one actually came out of a fishing story. Uh, and and th this is true. Uh, my buddy, uh, we like to go fishing down the Outer Banks every once in a while. And uh, who does? He was actually he actually went without me one time, and he told me this great fishing story of him, you know, trying to reel in this tuna that was being chased by a uh, a shark. The fish just thrashing left and right, you know, just kind of sure. popped into my head. And I was like, you know, that sounds like a really good name for you know a thriller yeah. character. Why not? Let's just try it out and see what happens. See, folks, sometimes inspiration comes in the most unexpected places. And you absolutely. And if you're a good writer, <laughs> if you're a good creative, you're going to snatch those little morsels and hold on to them because you never know, as young Matt just said, they come to light in a future character. I, I have a question because I often ask this. Uh, you're you like to fish. You've got a dog. Yeah. So, and you and you're and you're a football fan so what are some of the things that you think that that really help you in your writing and what i mean by that is sometimes those outside events that are the other side of our brain that we engage oh, in yeah. help mm -hmm. fuel that creative spirit so what do you do when you're when you're not sitting down crafting that next thriller what are some of the things that you do to, I mean, besides going to craft breweries there in Charlotte? Uh, <laughs> you have to. Yeah. What do you do to prime that pump? It really, I think it really comes down to two things. Number one, uh, I am, I, I'm just, I'm curious. You know, if I read something on Wikipedia or I see something in a movie that I don't understand, you know, I'm, I'm going to look it up. The other thing for me is I love watching movies that, uh, have, are either critically acclaimed or just you know have a lot of depth to them and are just very good i it, it drives my wife crazy but the more you analyze you know you know why did the writer do this and why was the character feeling it, the more it really kind of you know by way of osmosis just kind of goes into the brain and here and here's an example this is the best example i can get in the movie speed and you know, going back to the early 90s, right, there's a scene yeah. after the party, Keanu Reeves goes into the uh, to the diner and he gets a muffin and he's talking about, you know, how the party went. <clears throat> and he walks off and the bartender says, hey, you, you forgot your muffin. He walks back, he gets his muffin. Now, it, it always kind of bothered me. I never really understood why that was. And the reason was that line gave the bus driver time to walk out of the diner get to the bus and drive off because the next scene 
you see Keanu Reeves going to his to his car and then the, the bus blows up. So without that line, him and the bus driver would have been, you know, going out at the same time. And he there's a chance he may not have seen the bus explosion. Now, it's an explosion. Chances are that he, he probably would. But the timing of it wouldn't work as well. So I, you know, the greatness is in the details. Yeah. So I look for a lot of little things like that. And, you know, especially when I'm editing, you know, I, those are the things that you need. timing, timing matters. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it begs the question. You should have a T I'm, I'm, ex I'm expecting you to have a t-shirt made. Where's oh. the muffin? <laughs> you know, <or> <laughs> okay. Okay. You got me on that one. And, and if I get that made, you're, you're going to get one. That's yeah. good. <laughs> If you're familiar with the show, then uh, you're familiar with rapid fire questions, right? Absolutely. All right. So we're going to actually do something slightly different because this one really is rapid fire. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Put me on the clock here. Okay. I was, who was I talking to? Um, Louise Candlish. And, and, I, and I made the comment, Louise was like, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. And I said, Louise, well, here's the funny thing. Rapid fire question. It's not rapid. It's you can call it languorous. I mean, it's just, you know, and she she had fun with that anyway, because I like to uh, mix it up and find out a little bit about our authors. Uh, we'll start with question number one, Matt Scott, pen and paper or keyboard, 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 definitely keyboard. Number two, music in the background or headphones or silence depends. If, uh, if, it, if it's dialogue, I can take, uh, you know, uh, phone or headphones, uh, you know, working from home. The only thing I really have to worry about is my, my wife's voice carrying up the steps. Um, if it's dialogue, I can, I can do music. If it's, uh, you know, a long paragraph where I'm giving you know, the reader information on a location, it's more important that I get that correct. So that one, I have to take silence. Okay. Question number three, internet access while writing or off the grid? And the mm, reason that, that was, is key is because a lot of times when you have that internet access and you think, oh, I'll just, I just need to look up a fact before you know it, you're checking social media, you're checking your email, you're over <laughs> here, you're bouncing, bouncing. And that can sometimes be a real detriment, but. Okay, so I'm gonna say yes to internet access because sometimes when I'm, doing those longer paragraphs where research is required. I need to make sure that I get the facts correct. Uh -huh. uh, but I, more times than not, I will leave my phone in the other room so that uh, I don't check Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. So no, and no pantsing in your, uh, in your world. You're, you're a plotter. I, I'm a little bit of both actually. So what I will do is I will, I will do my research on, you know, characters and what I think they're going to do and the plots I'll, I'll put on paper and then the, the, everything just kind of tends to form and then I'll say okay let's let's do a short outline now this is not a Dan Brown outline Dan Brown out, has long outlines mine is an excel spreadsheet and I just line it up chapters one to 60 I would say I'm like a 60 70 pantser but I have to have a little bit of an outline Fair enough. You've just broken me out into a, a little bit of a sweat, though. You used the phrase Excel spreadsheet, and I, you lost me there. <laughs> My wife loves Excel spreadsheets. She's she's that she's that person, and I'm like, eh, you know. Here's another thing. Did you? I've had two people on recently. We're coming up. Um, did you get a chance to uh, hear Jeffrey Deaver and his outlining magic? 
I, I have not. And I'm sorry to say that I haven't simply because I've been busy with book three. All good, dude. But listen, do me a favor. Go back. That was last Friday's and uh, or last Thursday. Jeffrey Deaver breaks down his secret formula, for lack of a better term, of how he is so prolific with his writing. You will love it. That is always interesting to me. I mean, every yeah. author has their own secret. And it's funny, I talked with uh, Rick Blywise, who has written a book called uh, Pinion Scorpion and the Barbershop Detectives coming up. And he great is title. a, yeah, yeah, isn't it great? It, he's pure pantser, not a single plot within a mile. Anyway, on to number four. Do you feel good with the first or second draft pretty well and then hand it off to your publishers, et cetera? Or, you're, or are you not happy until you're like five to 10 in? I, I would say, yeah, I'm pretty secure. Uh, what I will do is I will write the first draft and they, you know, they say that, you know, the first draft is just, you know, I'm vomiting on page. The first draft is about getting it out. And then, you know, you, you take your screwdriver and you just kind of tighten things up a little bit, make sure you have the right connections, sure. uh, the right people doing the right things, saying the right things. Unless the editor I send it to tells me that, you know, he's got a serious issue, then I'm pretty much sticking with it. Okay. And the final question here on Rapid Fire Questions, number five, you and your wife have just left Charlotte for an extravagant cruise to a luxury island. That's the good news. Unfortunately, on the second night of your week's stay, all the power has gone out. You still have food and water, but uh, the power's out, and we don't know when it's coming back. What are the two things you're glad that you thought to pack in advance? Okay, so question, uh, power goes out on the cruise or on the island? You're on the island. On the island. We, we don't know when the cruise ship's coming back, the power is out, you're kind of stuck, you know, but uh, you you thought ahead. There's a Boy Scout in you, and you, you thank goodness you packed these two things. The two things I'm packing, I make sure that I have, it's, uh, uh, this may come as no surprise based on one of my earlier comments, you got to have some alcohol to entertain yourself. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be on an island, uh, you know, you got to make sure that, uh, you know, you're going to have some fun. And I guess the, the other thing is probably going to be uh, the most practical. Uh, I have very, I am very fair skin. So you have to have sunscreen. You heard it here first, folks. It is. He's a, uh, he's a logical thinking guy. Well, if. <laughs> Matt, this has been a hoot. If you'd like to know more about Matt Scott, now here's the guy who knows how to do it. Go visit mattscottbooks.com and follow him as I do on Twitter and Instagram at mattscottbooks. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude, I wish you profound success. Surviving the Lion's Den by Matt Scott. uh, And we're looking forward to the next two books. And dude, uh, you just keep charging right ahead. Thank you very much, David. And uh, hope, hopefully uh, we've had enough fun here that you'll bring me back for back for the next one when it comes out in July. I, I, I love it. Love the show. And uh, this is this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure.